The next morning, Cap drove through early rush hour traffic to the Central Commercial Bank on Crescent Street. The morning was warm, and dense fog had moved in during the night and stayed, wreaking havoc with the thousands of motorists trying not to be late for their jobs. If the sun didn't burn the fog away in another half hour, when the traffic rush really began in earnest, there would be a monumental snarl up. But the low orange sun made the temperature soar, and soon the fog had dissipated enough to allow good visibility even without headlights. Still, it took Cap more than an hour to cross town and park in the lot of the pale stone mausoleum-like bank building. Central Commercial didn't open until nine, so Cap went into a McDonald's across the street and ordered scrambled eggs, sausage, and a large cup of black coffee. He sat in a booth by the window and leisurely read the morning paper while he ate. As usual, the world was in a hell of a shape, but with room for decline. Shortly after the bank opened, Cap crossed the street and entered. Using the false identity with which he had established himself at the bank, he gained access to his safe deposit box. The box contained false identification he'd used over the years, driver's licenses from several states in several different names, credit cards, social security cards, passports, photographs of fictitious families, business cards, birth certificates. Some of the dates were obsolete, but everything was of the highest quality, and there were plenty of blank forms as yet undated. Cap selected what he'd need and left the bank to drive home and pack. He took a cab to the airport, and in one of the many restrooms he combed his hair in an uncharacteristic style down low on his forehead and put on a pair of glasses with dark frames and lenses of ordinary glass. Cap knew how to alter his appearance considerably, with only the most subtle, natural touches, a skill that had more than once kept him alive. Probably the precaution wasn't necessary. He doubted that anyone would positively recognize him by this time. But for the brief accounts of his release, he'd been out of the news too long to be deeply impressed on the public consciousness. Too many faces were thrust at people from TV, the newspapers, and magazines. Too many names, too many crises. Cap knew he had the advantage, too, of being a much larger man than he appeared to be in photographs. He suspected that, at worst, if he hadn't taken his subtle, artful precaution, he might have attracted attention for his similarity to Wilson Cap. Now, even that was unlikely. He picked up his ticket as John Werner and boarded the DC-9 for Boston. The flight was uncrowded, and Cap sat alone by a window and stared out at the marshmallow miles of cumulus clouds, marveling as he often did at their illusion of solidity.